Welcome and thanks for tuning in. While you listen to this podcast and think about the topics that we'll explore, remember, the areas you're moving into are always most important. Plan well and move to protect others and yourself. That's how you deliver flawless service and move America safely. So enjoy life and enjoy this podcast. Welcome back. Thank you for navigating through your podcast player to this Keeping It Rail episode. In this episode, you're going to hear a previously recorded conversation between Jeff Ebergen and myself. Jeff was here at Rail for 40 plus years. And in this episode, in the recording that I did that you're going to hear, Jeff's going to talk about his experiences and how the railway helped him get through all those experiences and be a successful professional in this industry and retire with ease. So let's get into that conversation. Jeff, tell me the story about what happened to you in your personal vehicle. You were driving your truck with a trailer on it, right? I was moving some personal items uh, to our new home location. Uh, We built a new home in northern Wisconsin, and I had a snowmobile-type trailer. It was a 28-foot-long trailer, tandem axle trailer. Not quite the setup of a semi-truck trailer, but still, um, you know, big in its size to be pulled behind my pickup. Um, so while I was traveling north on a state highway on a Saturday evening at 6 o'clock p.m. roughly, in a snow storm, not a heavy snowstorm, but a snow, um, I had another motorist uh, approach me and came into my lane. You know, you see somebody coming at you, what do you do? So you try to get out of the way, and I call that yielding. And so I swerved to the right. Um, The other motorist uh, hit the mirror of my pickup, which uh, smashed into my side window uh, with glass uh, all over the inside of the interior. I had glass in my left eye. And then after that, I felt another impact and that was when uh, he hit my trailer. And so he hit the trailer so hard that it sheared off uh, both spindles on the left axles, on both axles. So that put me in a jackknife position. And many, many years ago, um, when I was a driver at rail and also when I worked in management, I attended skid pad training at Fox Valley Tech at Appleton, Wisconsin. And so what they do for that training is that they put you into what's called a controlled skid. Uh, They make you, um, you know, jackknife a trailer. Again, it's a controlled event, so you don't have to worry about smashing the equipment up, uh, but the effects are the same. So they see how you react. They see what um, your reflexes are. Um, They see how calm you are in that situation. And um, so I, I've been to that skid pad twice for a semi-tractor trailer, uh, once with a motor coach. So that was a different experience. So immediately when I was thrown in that jackknife situation that evening, um, my training came right back. It, it's something that it just, you know, what training does for you, you may not think about it at the time, but it's embedded within you. So I, I utilized my training from skid pad and remain calm, uh, counter-steered my way, but not oversteer, and corrected the jackknife, straightened up on the road, and then uh, pulled off to the side. 
Thank goodness my airbags didn't go off because it was a glancing blow to the pickup. The trailer took more of the impact. But being a glancing blow, my airbags didn't go off, so I was able to see where I had to steer. You learn that in skid pad training. You're going to look where you want to end up. So as a result, when you look where you want to end up, you turn the steering wheel in that direction. So did you get off the power and stay off the brake and steer? Absolutely. And that's one thing I learned in skid pad training. The worst thing you can do in that situation is brake. That's the worst thing you can do. And it's it's common reaction for someone to do that. Um, so what you got to do in a skid, in a jackknife position as such, is to stay stay off the brakes, which I got off the throttle, off the accelerator right away. And then all your momentum and your um, wheels, you know, there's not torque applied to the wheels. So they have more traction that way. And then I was able to focus on correcting. And the other person may have had their cruise control on, which wouldn't have been the best thing to do. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming yeah, they may have. Yeah, and, and certainly that's a good point to bring out, which I didn't think of, because we, we know in our training here at Rail Transport not to have the cruise control on in any kind in, of in inclement slick, weather. Yeah, slick conditions. Yeah, rain, um, ice, sleet, and, and snow alike. So that's possible when he's going up that small incline with the cruise control on, uh, it may have caused him to start to spin out, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So you you're driving, some headlights coming at you, which is normal, right? People yeah. that's how lanes Absolutely. are. Yeah. But at the last minute, when they're coming directly at you, coming in towards you, you know, you, you just want to react, which I did. I took my foot off the accelerator, I did not brake, I could see the headlights coming, and then I veered, you know, to the right, not overly, you know, just you didn't jerk the wheel. I didn't jerk flip the your wheel. vehicle, no, right? Just, you know, just give it a, a slight turn to the right. Um, but you don't want to oversteer either because then I would have jackknifed myself in a different direction. Um, so, no, you, you just, you know, again, with training, you remain calm. You, your actions just take over simultaneously, right? You just don't put a lot of thought in it because you just have seconds to react. And so then, yeah, I took my foot off, um, didn't apply the brakes, and then steered. Um, and obviously, it didn't help to look in my left mirror to see what was going on behind me because the mirror was gone. There's nothing there anymore. Uh, it wasn't until I came to a complete stop um, that I realized, you know, that it was, it was a pretty big accident. And really, sometimes drivers out there won't have anywhere to go to the right that's when, very when true. You know, uh, a railing, right, or whatever. That's true. And, and and the only thing you can do is just get tight to that guardrail as tight as you can. If you got somebody coming at you, that's that's only recourse you have. Is you don't want to get directly into the guardrail, but you you know you go against it. You know the side of your vehicle. You go against it as far as you can go. That's the only thing you can do. Sometimes you, it's really unavoidable. Oh, it certainly is. That head on. It certainly is. But you definitely don't want to go into the left lane if you see them coming into your lane. Because that Absolutely. motorist, that other motorist may come to and yeah. then jerk the wheel back. Exactly. Just like a um, good example in Wisconsin with deer. You never want to swerve for a deer. Never want to swerve for a deer. You know, you don't want to risk oversteering and, and going in the ditch and rolling over a load. You so know? it's you see that in your path. It's get off the power. Yes. Any light pressure to the brake? 
And so that situation, if the, the pavement is dry, I'll apply brakes. Absolutely. But I'll maintain control. I won't swerve for a deer. You got to think about the situation at the time. I think my situation with that other motorist coming in the lane was the right thing to do, the way I handled that, and, and not oversteer and swerve. Whereas with a deer, is a little different scenario, you know, that you'd rather have some damage occur as opposed to rolling your vehicle. Right. In then a situation damage like to that. your body. Correct. Instead of the deer. I mean, it's like yeah. you were the deer, right? What one? Yeah. And the insurance will take care of the damages. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing you have to do with deer is think about the time of the year. And then there's road signs too. The road signs help to a certain extent. It will point out where you see deer crossing, uh, where there might be a pattern of deer crossing that area. Doesn't mean that's the only spot in that entire roadway that the deer's gonna cross by any means. I've heard of that story already, where a, a motorist thought, oh, I hit a deer, but it didn't cross at the right location. You know, it's kind of ironic how that's come about. But you wanna reduce the risk by knowing in time of year in Wisconsin, you know, when the deer go into rut, if you will, um, is to slow down and know what's happening and really watch your surroundings. Know what's happening is important at that time, right? I mean, there's certain times of year deer are more active than other times of year. So you can reduce the risk just by slowing down. Evenings, slow down. And it's not necessarily you need to be more aware because you have to always be fully aware. It's that you have to expect the expected. Yeah. You know, deer might be in that lane. So. Exactly. And then reduce the risk by slowing down, traveling a little bit slower in the evening hours where you don't have your field of vision like you normal, normally would during daylight hours. And then look far down the road and yeah. uh, watch for that. And it can get dark and hard to see things, especially if it's raining or something, you know. Exactly. It can be very difficult. And if yeah. there's a deer standing there, then it's yeah. uh, get off the power and just take the hit, right? Exactly. And so, if it's a car coming at you, it's get off the power and if the traction is okay you know apply a you know, light brake yeah get as far off the road as you can out of that travel portion yes. uh, without you know falling off into a ditch or you know going off onto soft ground or something like that right correct correct so you got different scenarios how are you going to react to different situations right you got to decide what's going to be the right thing both for the protection of yourself and for other motorists um you know, I was dressed with a, a black jacket on and, and a pair of blue jeans, so I wasn't really visible at night in snowy conditions to be out there um, controlling traffic, for example. You know, I stayed inside by the vehicle where I knew it was safe. Yeah. You know, you, you read about that so often where uh, an officer may have somebody pulled over you know, and somebody collides into their vehicle or into them. I've heard of that so many, many times over the years. Yeah. That's yeah. your safe zone for the moment. Yeah. Unless it's, you know, a severe accident where you have to get out, obviously. There's, you know, depends upon the severity of the crash. And then it's get away from everything. Yeah. Yeah, and it's that what if. And, are you, and are you ready to react if and, that what if happens? And expect the expected because if it happens... What are you going to do? And you shouldn't drive down the road in complete fear. No, right? no, not at all. But again, that's where training takes over. That's for, you know, instilling on, on the safe seven. That really helps.
yeah and doing what you can in the moment to mitigate the mm-hmm. risk yeah. and uh and if it's unavoidable uh reduce the severity yeah of whatever happens of right the, of the impact or of the accident and yeah. sometimes you can't reduce the severity right right so you just have to brace right yeah for impact and yeah that's crazy yeah but it's ironic i i've been off the road since about 1987 when i came off the road entirely from driving tractor trailer and here it is the accident occurred december of uh, 23 many many years later and the training's still in me right I well, mean, it's, it's something that doesn't go away. Once you know something, I don't think you can unknow it. I've heard that yeah. before. Yeah. So Good point. and it's and it's something that is valuable and true. So, I mean, those things I don't think we ever, you know, forget. No. Especially when in this kind of thing, because you drive, uh, not semi, but you drive the commercial buses. Yeah, motor commercial motor. Coach. And you have dro- driven a semi. Yeah. And you, and you drive your personal vehicle correct so you got this yeah. whole driving thing down and it's what you do so yeah. information about driving that's gonna make you a good driver mm-hmm. a good professional driver yeah. you yeah you're not gonna forget that stuff no right? no exactly and uh that's why it, it's so important what rail has done to a lot of our drivers especially new drivers the time with their training program that they train drivers to do the railway and what is the railway Following the safe seven, those simple words really have a lot of meaning, a lot of punch behind those words. Reduce the risk. Slow That's, down. Kind of, a lot Stay of it back. comes down to re- reducing risk. Yeah, exactly. And it's not the kind of risk that we take in the office. Those no. risks maybe have some financial impacts. Correct. But they don't have life or death, immediate life or death impacts that can happen out on the road. So a different kind of risk. It uh, is. Reduction. It is. So you just got to watch for that stuff on the road and be ready, ready for it. Exactly. Like my wife would occasionally would speak up and say, gosh, you're driving like you're driving your semi yet. And I tell her that's because those values, again, their values, the safe seven are embedded in me. That's the reason why. And I'm a much safer driver overall. It doesn't matter what I drive, but I'm a much safer driver overall because of the safe seven. And you're moving that heavy equipment at high speeds, close, I mean, within feet mm-hmm. of people passing you on those two lanes, right? Yeah. And then absolutely. when it's slick, I mean, that's, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, you gotta be, you gotta be ready to react if something goes wrong in the other lane, and you gotta be operating properly in your lane. Correct. So just the importance of the safe seven and uh, the importance of drivers adopting the railway of driving uh, in order to be successful and reduce the risk. And if something is unavoidable, uh, reduce the severity, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, it's just, that's how you continue to live and see another day and, right? Right, exactly. And, you know, like values, they're non-compromised. You know, they're sincere, right? There's there's difference between a priority and a value, and a value is not compromising. So you instill the safe seven, and those are all values. Yeah. But I felt it's very important to share my experience with other 
uh, drivers, specifically truck drivers, uh, what could happen in a split second, but what you can do by going through the railway in the safe seven to help avoid those situations. What can you do and what if it would happen to you? How can a driver learn the railway and then not practice those behaviors? I just, how, how, how can they? I don't get it. You got me stumped. Maybe they just well, hurry through things. I don't know. I used to facilitate the railway class when I was operations manager of the Flatbed Curtainside Fleet for 11 years. Uh, every week, I go in front of a new orientation group of drivers. And what we did is that we put the Safe 7 in the shoes of those drivers. We asked them questions. What would you rather like you, you like to be happy you like to be sad as a driver well obviously they want to be happy how can you be happy well by doing this by doing that and so forth so you ask leading questions to the group attending railway and they get themselves like caught in not caught in it's not the right word but they buy into what they're they're actually telling you oh yeah and so you you explain that and it evolves around then back to those safe seven principles to prove proof, yeah to prove to link them yeah. to it because they're very much engaged in that discussion during the railway class they're engaged you know they're asking the the facilitators asking all the questions the drivers are providing the answers making meaningful connections exactly exactly and i think that's a piece that rail here it has done superbly over the years. And maybe the drivers who have gone through the railway and don't practice the behaviors or all behavior, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe they're unhappy at that moment. It's possible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They want to be happy. And yeah. they so they have to do those things. But what happens when they're unhappy? Right. You know, some are driven that I've talked to over the years, driven by, well, I got to make every minute matter, which is true in trucking. You got to utilize your time. That doesn't mean hurry. Yeah, it doesn't mean, it means like spending less time at the truck stop sipping coffee and, and, you know, prioritize your time and use your driving time more efficiently. You know, there's a lot of ways. Efficiency, that's what it is, not speed. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of ways you can be productive in driving. And, and you don't have to be operating at high speeds. Yeah, because speed, high speeds. It takes longer to stop that thing. Exactly. Plus, you're going to spend more money on your fuel costs, higher RPMs, harder on the engine, more tire wear. Rail does a great job of mentoring their drivers. They do that. You know, we, we have uh, uh, forward-facing cameras. Some are inward. Some are outward. Uh, majority of them, what I understand, are outward-facing. So uh, we see some patterns of behavior uh, that we're concerned about. Uh, we have the fleet manager or business advisor uh, talk to those drivers and operators alike um, and show them, you know, on video what their habits are. Constructive feedback. We're Ex not attacking them. Exactly. We don't want them to have an accident. No. So when you use that type of concept of showing them that, yes, it was actually them driving that truck, yes, it was them that was deviating uh, in the lane, driving late at night or whatever, um, then it really pulls them into their ownership of that. When I drove truck, it, it's just a 
a sense of self-accomplishment when I delivered a load from point A to point B and that load was delivered safely with no accident. I mean, each load was that way. It's just self-pride and what you did, what you accomplished uh, for not only for yourself, also for your company you're working for, and also for the other motorists. And a person could have that passion, but maybe they're not getting enough sleep, they're not eating right, they've got some serious uh, conflict going on in their life. That's possible. That distracts them away from... That's true. So it's there's a lot to it. A lot of factors. That you have to manage as a driver. Correct. And the people here at rail, the people in the office, they're here to help them with all those different things, right? Absolutely. That's that's why rail is one of the safest carriers out there. That's why working and recruiting, um, some people have those values before they come to rail because they want to work with a safe company. Um, I've heard applicants say, well, you know, I can go to carrier X and maybe make a little bit more money, but I want to go with the safest carrier out there. And when you say safest, we support safe behaviors. Absolutely. That's it's, it, right? It's our culture. We, it's, that's a big thing, right? The yeah. people that are managing fleets and, and running the show, Rick mm-hmm. Rail in the yeah. corner office, the guy who runs the company, Yeah, they support behaviors that will keep everything safe. Exactly. Right? Yeah, everyone embraces safety here, rail transport. It doesn't matter what division you talk to. You talk to somebody in maintenance, they're concerned about the truck being um, you know, readily... Uh, ready to go to drive, right? The condition of the truck, they're concerned about that safety aspect. Um, and course, the driver. And the driver as well. Sleep, eat, food, nutrition, Yeah, a positive yeah. mindset, yeah. aware. Yeah, and we have an excellent wellness program now uh, that we've had recently that really helps support what we're saying. Healthy eating, sleep, yeah. good Ex- sleep. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's unlike what some companies don't do. Right. I mean, we're well, I've heard we're, stories. You get that load there, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And here we tell in bad weather condition, shut it down, get off the road. And I know some new drivers haven't been accustomed to hearing that for the other companies that they operated for or drove for. You got to get that load there. I yeah. don't care. Yeah. The weather. And it's not worth that. And, you know, through communication process we have in place, you know, the customer, as long as you communicate with them, they'll understand that they want the load to get there safe themselves. And that's weather. Now, when we talk yeah. sleep, nutrition, stuff like that, yeah. uh, those things drivers have a little more control over. Oh, absolutely they do. It's it's decisions that they make. Yeah. The weather is yeah. act of God nature. stuff. Yeah. And that we can say, hey, we're stopping. We're not right. going to do this. If it's the lack of sleep, lack of nutrition, lack of positive mindset and passion mm-hmm. for the job, yeah. then it's uh, how do we – how do we change that? Yeah. You've got to make a change. Yeah. And Something's got to change. And I think our wellness program is doing a great job educating our drivers out there, for sure, that well, we haven't done, had in the past. Well, I've done uh, – I've worked with Tiana, who you know manages mm-hmm. that program, mm-hmm. and we've done our cooking shows yep. and shopping. I've watched and all, all of them. Those are fun, yeah. Yep. Yeah, a good connection, re- real connection to yeah. – to yeah. how drivers can. We had a contest, right? We had a few drivers oh, yeah. that submitted recipes uh, yeah. with cooking out of the truck. and uh, You can do a lot. Absolutely. Truck. Not only eat healthier, but save on costs as well. And we can't control 
what other people are going to do. We can only no. guide them in this right. direction. And if and if they don't take our guidance, I mean, then they just don't fit here, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Eventually, they'll catch up with them. And we and hopefully it doesn't catch up with them while they're with us. Exactly. Or, or with anybody else. Exactly. Because then somebody's yeah. getting hurt out there. Right. It's just... Yeah. We can't control other people. No. We can only guide them. Rail does a very good job of doing that. They do with the mentor program that we have in place and the follow-ups and, you know, all the the educational uh, footage that's out there to help them. And people that come to Rail have to be open and they have to accept that we know how to do this business. Yeah. And that these are truths, yeah. the railway, the Safe 7. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't, doesn't work for everybody. I mean, I've seen that disagree with uh, corporate culture. You see that once in a while, you know, on a separation notice. How could you disagree with our culture? I mean, it's, again, it's, you know, you know yeah. what I'm getting at? Yeah. How could you disagree with something? It's just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do the right thing. Well, I don't, I don't agree with that. Yeah. Or what, it, maybe that's not the right thing, but it is the right thing, but it's not. Like the debate over what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Or some don't agree to the additional training that we want them to go through. Or, or uh, and we've probably got evidence to show that they need to do it right oh, yeah. with those the cameras. Yeah, yeah. Well, so that's just, why we want them to go through additional. Just training. do it. Get better, right? Yeah. Just get but better. For whatever reason, again, it goes back to choices. That's their choice. If it doesn't work for them, well, then go to Carrier X and hopefully they you know, don't run their, into us. Their habits will follow them. Yeah. Hopefully, they don't run into someone. Exactly. A huge effort has been made through many years here at Rail. And you're, here. and you're an example of that with yeah. the story we talked about here. Yeah. You want enjoy life, spend you know your last years, if you will, uh, with family, with whatever hobby you want to do, um, but you have to get there somehow. And, and while you get there, you can still enjoy life, and you can oh, still have absolutely. fun. Absolutely. It's just you get a little bit more of that time to yourself. Correct. Correct. But you know, you got to get there somehow, and. You know, rail has done a great job for me, and I like to thank the rail family for that um, because they're always challenge me. You know, what can you do better, right? This is what you can do to be yourself and what you can do to improve. I've seen that in all aspects of different roles I've had here at rail. You got to be motivated, and I was through all my career path at rail. I've Got a total now of 45 years just in the transportation business. Um, but I felt motivated. What can I do better? And I, or different. I, or different, correct. A lot of people don't like, they don't want to get into something different. They want to drive for their entire yeah. career. Yeah. And they enjoy it. And they're passionate yeah. about it. Like some of our top yeah. million safe mile drivers, right? Right. So, right. so it's, for you, it was that, I want a little something different and challenging. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, I was the one that liked, Everett Rail himself, the founder of Rail Transport, would bounce on that limb. You know, I may not be in my comfort zone, but I'd go on it anyway and bounce on that limb and get comfortable with it and then take off from there. Yeah, that comfort zone. I mean, there are things that are uncomfortable that will never be comfortable. Right. You know, like not driving the railway yeah. sounds uncomfortable. And then there are things that are uncomfortable at the moment, but once you get familiar with them, you realize... They are comfortable. Correct. It's just that familiarity. Yeah. yeah, that's true. But then again, that's there's true. those things that will always be uncomfortable. Yeah. You have to recognize true. all that stuff. Recognize yeah. what your barriers are and what you can do to overcome those barriers is huge. 
Yeah, yeah. You, you have to do a self-assessment every once in a while through life. And it's from kind of a outside your body assessment, right? Or outside yeah. yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like a third, become a third party. Yeah. Or a second party. I don't know. Yeah. But you do a self assessment. How's my life change? How's my career changing? You know, with your family. Okay. It's one thing how you raise your family when they're young children, it's another thing when they're teenagers. And then it's another thing when they're gone out of the house, right? So you do a self-assessment how things change. Um, Enduring changes assess exactly. the situation and what do I got to change to adapt to this changing environment, right? Correct, correct. And then you adopt those things. Uh, adopt those changes. Yeah, correct. and here at Rail, uh, you know, we're sort of diverse. We've got so many different positions. Mm -hmm. uh, we're really inserted into the transportation industry and we've got a position that covers almost everything right right so you can move anywhere in this industry yeah. here at rail absolutely a lot of opportunities doesn't matter not only in marshfield but throughout the united states different opportunities in different areas what you can do and because we've got all those different positions and we're so uh in that industry in the trucking industry we know how to teach people to fill those positions and be successful, right? Correct. It's not just no. driver, you need to do better. It's no. we all need to find yeah. ways to be as effective as possible. Exactly. It's it's one thing to tell someone how to do it, but it's more meaningful if they're explained why or what if something would happen, right? You can say all the words all you want, but put more meaning behind it and explain. People will listen better. Yeah, and if people don't listen with all those meaningful connections, yeah, they need a serious evaluation of themselves by themselves. Correct. And they need to figure out, you know, what is causing them to be in the shell, you know, sure. because we've got these truths here. And if they come here and they don't adopt these things. Right. Yeah, rail transport's not for everyone. It isn't. It's for people who want the truth and want to be professional. And to better their lives. Just and by be happy. being open. Exactly. And be happy. Yeah. And have a passion for the trucking industry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's huge. All right, Jeff. I think th I think I we're think good. So. <laughs> I think we're good. Thank you for being here a third time on the show. Yeah. I'm um, pleasure being with you again, Travis. Thank you so much for your time today as well. Yeah. And enjoy your retirement. Again, I, I've probably said this twice now on the podcast. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Thank you. And keep driving the railway. Absolutely. Stay safe. Keep Absolutely. your family safe, keep others safe, all that good stuff. That's yeah. instilled in me. I'll remain there forever. All right, Jeff, thanks for being here again. And thank you for listening. Thank you.